Let's, uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in, in prayer, shall we? All right, Heavenly Father, we do praise you today and we worship you today, Father. We thank you, Father, for bringing us together and, and being in our midst and, and just showing up with your presence and your power and your love and your mercy. We thank you for that, Father. And Father, I just stand before you today humbled and, and, and in awe of who you are and the things that you've done in my life and in my family's life and in my, even in my friends' lives and in this church, Father. I just thank you for that. And Father, I just pray that you'll use this imperfect vessel to proclaim your word and to speak your word and to speak your truths that lives may be changed. And I pray that every ear will be open, Father. Let their minds be clear and let them receive the word that comes from you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Uh, last week, we looked in uh, Matthew 25, and we talked about reach, teach, and serve, and specifically reach. And I mentioned that returning to the well is the only way we can reach out effectively. And the well is God's word, which brings about his presence, which brings about his will and his power for us to reach out. And without those things, we will be so limited on reaching out. If we don't have his word and his power, we will be limited. We will only see in the natural and we'll see doubt on the other side and unbelief on the other side. And we'll see all these circumstances. But the power of God and the word of God will not be to the forefront of our minds. Does that make sense? But if we can go to the well of the word of God on a continual basis, when we see situations, God will, the Holy Spirit will tr trigger those words that we have read. And he'll bring them to the forefront of our mind. And we'll, when we see a problem, the word of God, the Holy Spirit, will bring an answer to the problems that we see. And that will cause us to reach out and help somebody and guide them in the right direction. All right? Now, today we're going to talk about reach, teach, and serve again. And we're going to talk about commitment. Specifically, we're going to talk about teach, teaching, and learning, and commitment. Psalms 25, we've got that scripture for you. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Psalms 25, then we'll look at another, another scripture in Psalms, Psalms 143. But Psalms 25.5 is a psalm written by David. Not all the psalms were written by David, but the majority of them were. And this is a powerful scripture and we'll get into it as, as, the, as the sermon goes on. He says, lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. Let's look at the next scripture, please. Psalms 143.10, it says, teach me to do your will. For you are my God. Now, before we go on very farther, much farther, I just want you to notice. And, just, and when we're going to go back to the other, other scriptures. Notice the second part of that. He says, for you are my God. Now go back, to, go back to the other scripture. Once again, the second line there, he says, for you are my God. And that's very important. If we're going to be committed 
to teaching, if we're going to be committed to reaching and to serving, it has to be in the forefront that we have to be committed to our God. All right? Because if we don't bring that to the forefront of our minds that he is our God and I want to follow him and I want to serve him, if we don't have that to the forefront of our mind, we will never do the first part and say, lead me to your truth and teach me, O God. We'll never do that. Because if he is not to the forefront, if he is not your God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you're in trouble. Not by because I say so, but because the scripture says so. All right? So, so we know, and let me tell you what that takes. It takes commitment to make sure that you keep your God to the forefront of your life. Because there's all kinds of things. I asked you a couple of weeks ago, am I the only one? that has things that try to crowd God out of your life, out of my life. Am I the only one? No. We all have. And you know what? And here's the thing. They're good things. Families are good things. You know? Hobbies are okay. Who, who was it? Who was it caught a mess of crappie yesterday? Does yeah. anybody fess up to that? No? No? They're back in the, in the kids' room, aren't they? But those things are good things. But let me tell you, they're not, not better than God. They are good things. We need them in our life for, for a getaway and for an escape. But they can never be before God. And if they are, we will never. We will never ask him to lead us. We'll never ask him to teach us in the things that he wants to lead us in. We'll never ask him to do that. All through the New Testament... The scripture says over and over, I started to write them all down, but my goodness, there was like 30 of them. And it said that Jesus went about teaching. He went about teaching. He went about teaching, showing us the importance of learning God's word, learning the direction that we should go and telling us how to act and what we should do. Jesus spent a lot of time teaching. And even when when he went to his hometown, and he went to his hometown, and I'm sure his, uh, the apostles thought that there's going to be a, a, a big hoopla and a big party. And, and I'm sure they thought that, man, there will be more people saved in his hometown than anywhere. Well, guess what? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. They, 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 didn't, get, they, didn't, get, uh, they didn't get healed. They didn't see the power of God manifested because of their unbelief. So you know what Jesus did? He left there and he went about the territory teaching more because Jesus knew that the problem for a backslidden, non-believing state was teaching the Word of God. He knew that. And I'm going to tell you right here, there's many of us sitting here today, many of you sitting here today, you need the Word of God inside of you. But it takes commitment. It takes commitment. You cannot... You will never graduate. Let's just bring it to a natural standpoint. If you went to school for one hour a week on Sunday morning, if you went to school and made it through 12 grades of school, how old would you be when you graduated? How old would you be? 
Sunday morning, we all start out in kindergarten for one hour. What would you learn? The next week, kindergarten, one hour, what would you learn? We would be like 97 getting our diplomas. We would never graduate. It's no different. It's no different than the things of God. In fact, it's even more important, and let me tell you why. Because everybody awake. Is everybody's eyes open? Everybody open, wake up. Everybody look at me. All right. All right, everybody's awake now. <clears throat> this is why it's more important. Because almost everybody, before you got saved, have went to the school to do everything wrong before you started coming to church to learn how to, how to do everything right. Right? At least when you started in kindergarten, at least you hadn't spent your whole life learning how to do things wrong. But that's what happens to us in life. We, we learn all these bad habits and how not to do things. And then we expect, and then we expect to get saved by, by one simple prayer, and we do as far as our salvation goes, and we expect our whole lives to be turned around. It takes more than that. It takes more commitment than one prayer to a holy God. It takes more than that. It takes a study of the Word. It takes ministry of the word is what it takes. We just read this. We just read this psalm of David. Think about the life of David just for a moment. He started out a, a good shepherd boy. And then he was standing before Goliath, uh, a giant warrior dressed for battle and he defeated Goliath and then he grew, he grew up to, to a man of, of stature and a great man of war himself and he grew he went on to kill his tens of thousands and become king but he wasn't perfect David was a murderer. He was an adulterer. He was a liar. He was a cheat. Can you think of anything else? All of those things, just imagine of all the other small sins that are tied to all of those, those larger sins. He wasn't perfect, but what he was, he was committed. He was committed. Let's go back to verse that uh, uh, 24 again. Now, I want you to notice this. Go back one more. Right there, 25. I'm sorry, 25. 5, it says that you lead me by your truth and teach me. Now, that, notice, I, now, this is just a side point. Notice this is Psalms 25. Now, let's go to Psalms 143. It says, teach me to do your will. This is 143. This is a long time later. And yet... He says, teach me, O Lord. You know, I just wonder, I just hope when I am 95 years old, I'm saying, teach me, O Lord. Amen. When I'm 110, I hope I'm saying, teach me, O Lord. When I'm laying on my deathbed, I, I, I hope I'm saying, teach me, O Lord. So see, David, he wasn't perfect. 
He made a lot of mistakes. But you know what he was? He was committed. He was committed to learning the things from God. He was committed to never stay where he was. Even though he had made mistake after mistake after mistake, let me tell you how we know he was committed. Because most men and women, if they had committed murder, if they had committed adultery, if they had lied and schemed, they would have quit right there. They wouldn't keep seeking God. Nope. They would have found them another church where nobody knew them and they had never been heard from again. Commitment is what David had. Romans 4, 20. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there just for a minute. Romans 4, 20. Apostle Paul writes about Abraham. And we could talk for a long time about the commitment that Abraham had. Romans 4, 20, it says, yet with respect to the promise of God, this is talking about Abraham, yet with respect to the promise of God, respect for the promises of God, respect for the word of God. He did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Notice this, yet with respect to the promise of God's word. Now, here's what we know about Abraham. We know that he's a father of many nations. We know that he is our spiritual father. We know that he was committed. We know he was a man of God. And the blessings of God followed him wherever he went. We know that he never gave up and he never gave in. But he was not perfect. He was a liar. Did you know that? He abandoned God. Did you know that? He lied, to the, he lied to the king about his wife, Sarah. He says, she's not my wife. She's not my wife. She's my sister. He didn't even have enough faith to believe that God would protect him from the king. He didn't have enough faith. The same, way, the same way God had given him this land and whenever the drought came, and the first sign of trouble, Abraham abandoned the land, the very land that God had given him. And you know that God could have given him, given him water from a rock. You know that. He could, have, he, could have, he could have had a bunch of birds fly over. And, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Only at Orchardville can you get by with that one. <laughs> Meaning that we're rednecks, I guess. But Abraham wasn't perfect. We see that. But what Abraham was, when he made a mistake, he was committed to God. He was committed. And it says, and yet with respect 
to the promise of God. Once again, you see that God was in the middle of his commitment. If, if God was not in the middle of David's commitment, and if God was not in the middle of Abraham's commitment, their commitment would not have lasted. The same with you. If your commitment is any other place besides being committed to the word of God and God's truths, your commitments will not last. However well-intentioned they are. When we started attending Orchardville Church in early 2000s, we, we started attending here because of uh, Chester Hedden. We was, uh, we've been friends for years. I'll tell you a quick one on, uh, I threw a baseball one time, a perfect throw right here from third base and it hit Chester in the nose. He said, it's my fault. I'll let you be the judge. <laughs> I think I win there, Chester. My point being, we started, we started attending here in the early 2000s. And, and when, we, when we started attending, Bo Bear was teaching on Wednesday night and he's teaching Sunday school. And that was in the early 2000s. I don't know if it was 01 or 02. I don't, I don't know exactly when it was. And yet to this day, Bo Bear is still teaching Sunday school. Amen. That's commitment. Amen. That's commitment's what that is. Fred Mooney has been teaching Sunday school here since he was five years old. <laughs> That's, that's, that's right. That's right. Fred was mature. <laughs> now this, I understand, that takes commitment right there. When, you, when you've taught, I, I don't know, it was like, I don't know when Fred started. It was back in the 80s or something like that. Back when they had bell bottoms, way back then, that's when he started teaching. Now that takes commitment to still teach after all these years. You don't think they didn't get discouraged? You don't think they didn't get complaints? You don't think they, you know, people didn't fall asleep in their class? You, well, probably not. Maybe it's just my sermons. I don't know what it is. But, but no, it takes commitment to God to continue on that long. I understand those. This one I do not understand. Josh and Jenny Koontz, Adventureland, they taught and volunteered for 17 years. Woo! That's above and I can't, my mind cannot go there. Dealing with little kids for 17 years, I can't grasp that. I just can't do it. It makes me nervous. It makes me want to go outside and open the doors and get some fresh air. That takes commitment is what that takes. Commitment to our God. One Sunday, like any other Sunday, John Mayberry and his daughter Alex started to church. 
determined to make it to church just like any other Sunday. He attempted one vehicle, he did not make it. He attempted another vehicle, he did not make it. He attempted another vehicle, and guess what? Through commitment, he made it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's commitment. Let me tell you what that is. That's commitment to teach on this side, but it's a commitment to learn on this side. You've got to be committed. Hey, and Sunday morning's not enough. You need Sunday school. You need Wednesday nights. You need to learn the Word of God on a regular basis, just like when you started kindergarten. You had to go five days a week. And that's what you need with the Word of God if you're going to learn anything, if you're going to grow, if you're going to do anything with the things that God has placed inside of you, you've got to put the Word of God inside of you. I wish there's an easier way. There's all kinds of apps now. The, the, we have apps that the, they'll read you the Bible. You just push a button and it reads it to you. Uh, John told me yesterday that he listened to, uh, on his way to work, he listened to all of Corinthians on his way to work. One trip. The whole book of Corinthians on his way to work. We can do that. You can do that. I can do that. Uh, parents, if you want to go get your children, if you don't have them already, go ahead and get your children and for the baby dedication. <laughs> hey, now, if you don't have children, don't go get them, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> praise, praise team, if you, want to, if you want to come up, please. Commitment. Commitment. There's power in commitment. Let me tell you what I've seen. I've seen individuals with tremendous IQs not go anywhere because they didn't have, any, have commitment. I've seen individuals with lower IQs that have went on to do great and mighty things because they're of their commitment. I've seen athletes, and probably most of you probably have too, I've seen athletes that were so talented I had a friend when we was growing up, oh my goodness, he had a better arm than me. I had to work on my arm all the time trying to make it strong, trying to make it stronger, stronger. He had an arm like a bullet. He could throw from any angle. I wasn't born that way. But with my commitment, I learned to do that. And with his commitment, he gave up. And I always, when I was young, oh man, if, if I could have just had that guy's ability and my commitment, I... I've shared this before, I'm gonna share it again. When I first started pastoring my first church, I had a friend tell me, he says, boy, I bet that, that really keeps you in the word, don't it? And I thought, no. No, I think, I think me being committed to the Word and faithful to the Word and committed to God, I think, I really think, really, that's why God got tired of dealing with me and finally said, okay, go pastor a church. I, I do, I kind of think that's how it went. 
I don't think it's because I had a TV face or a, you know, a big bold personality or, you know, or great deep revelations. I don't think that was it. I, I think it's just because I was committed to the Word of God and committed to seeing people born again. Commitment. That's my message this morning. Commitment. Think of your commitments. Don't let them wane as you get older through the week. Don't let them drift away. Parents, you want to go ahead and bring up bring up the babies? <clears throat> Talking about commitment. Raising children takes commitment. Oh my goodness. Doesn't it? I'll tell you what, spread out widely across here because we want to have room for your family if when it's time to pray. If, if you want your families to come up with you, we want to make sure you have room for your families also. <laughs> oh my, aren't they cute? Aren't they precious? Now, now here, here, here's the thing. You know, it takes literally zero commitment to be a birth mother. The same way with being a father, it takes zero commitment. The commitment starts when you want to train them up. And the whole world wants to pull them one way and God wants to pull them another. That's when the commitment starts. So you folks, you parents, some of you already have older children and are getting ready to embark on a great adventure. And yes, there will be times that you'll want to turn back. But you'll notice there's no return label on them, on their bottoms. God knew better than that because he knew he would get a few back. But you know what? If, if you stay committed to your family and stay committed to the Lord, he'll do great and mighty things in your little ones. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.